Midlife Moxie. We are a community and podcast all about midlife women making this one of the best seasons of their lives. Well, I'm one of your hosts, Gail. And I'm Christina. We're going to be sharing our stories, struggles, and joys while bringing you experts on topics that you care about. And we're going to do it while having a whole lot of fun. So buckle up, girls. Let's get our Moxie on. Hey, 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 Christina. How's it going out there on the West Coast today? Oh, it's beautiful out here. You know, spring has sprung. Spring so. has sprung. Yeah, the cherry blossoms are out here. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Um, I actually went outside yesterday as I'm recovering from COVID. So I'm sorry to our listeners that you get at least one more recording with my sexy voice. Um, <laughs> that we hope to after that. But you know what spring's making me want to do, Christina? I'm, I'm going to guess travel. Go somewhere, baby. Like, I am ready to go. Mm. And I want to go all the places. Like, every day it seems like I'm telling my husband somewhere else I want to go or something I want to do. What about you? What's on your brain? Where where are you thinking about going? So, in May, I'm going to EDC with the kids. And it's... Uh, okay, you're going to have to explain to our <laughs> listeners what EDC is because I don't think most of them are going. Okay, EDC is the Electrical Daisy Carnival. And it's all like, um, you know, house music, techno music, DJs. It's all DJs. And there's a three-day event, and it's in Las Vegas. So I'm taking my kids to go see that. Uh, and then I'm taking my mom to Arizona. I think your Arizona. kids are taking you, aren't uh, they? You're, the, you're ah, the one that really wants to go. I'm the, I am the one that wants to go, but they're they're excited to go. So uh, it'll but be fun. I love fun. that because I think sometimes we think we're too old for things like concerts. And I love myself a good concert. Yes. And, you know, my son's always like, oh, my gosh. And me and my husband like to dress up like. When we went to see 21 Pilots, we were doing the whole, like, yellow um, masking tape on our clothes. It was so fun. Oh, that's so fun. So So, you said Arizona? Yeah, then we're going to go to Arizona for mom's birthday. I'm taking her to the Grand Canyon and uh, Sedona. So I'm excited about that. And then where else am I going? Uh, In July... I think it's July. Maybe it's August. I know. I think we're coming to South Carolina. Um, whoop, whoop. So, so we're coming to see Gail. We tried that last year. It's <laughs> going to happen this year. It's going to happen this year. Uh, so you tried to bring me COVID last year, but now you're not. <laughs> you, you've got it. So it's all good. We're we're good. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna go to South Carolina. I'm looking forward to several trips yeah. and still formulating them in my brain. But today we're going to talk to a friend of ours, Jack Perez. And she is the founder, head dog over at Cool Life, and that's K-U-E-L-L-I-F-E dot com. We're going to let you tell her more about that and the mission there. But I know she's leading an exciting trip soon, and we just thought she would be a great one to talk to about travel. And when we um, did one of those, what do you call surveys of our listeners and our community, travel was one of the things you guys want to talk about. So that's mm. what we're going to talk about today. And and so I want to welcome Jack to the show. Jack from Cool Life. Yeah, she's so Jack, second time too. Second time here. Yes. So. Returning guest. Returning we guest. talked about gift giving with her. Yes. So Jack, tell us all about Cool Life. Oh, I just want to say it was so much fun the first time I had to come back and do it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Cool Life is a, a digital platform that is dedicated to normalizing aging. 
and specifically for women who are currently in midlife and beyond. But even more importantly, and I know that we're all on this page together, Christina and Gail, that we also want to normalize it for our daughters and our nieces and our, you know, younger selves, because good God, let them have something else to figure out when they get to this stage of life. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead. And you know, every human when pressed, every single one of us, if pressed, will opt for aging versus the alternatives. Right, because there's only one one way to stay young, only one way, and nobody wants that option. So, right. let's just make it normal. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And we've talked about how if we raise women who see aging as normative and something to even in a way look forward to, that that changes the experience for everyone because they don't come into it with the nail biting fear and trepidation of what's going to happen to them when they know that this is going to be another season of life that can be joy and um, fulfillment and all the things. And we as midlife women garner more respect from our younger generations and their husbands and the men. And then when we're united in all of this, we garner more attention from the beauty, medical, retail establishments to give us the products and services we need. And I'm really passionate about that. Now, I'm not one of these girls that says, don't talk to me about anti-aging products. I slap in all those anti-agers on my face. So it's not that I care to age, but I still want to look fabulous. Let's just be clear. And most of us want to feel fabulous. We want to have very fulfilling lives. But, you know, overcoming some of the things we've been told we could not do, plus just showing women different ways to live fulfilling lives, I think is super fun part of what we do, Jack. Don't you guys agree? A hundred percent, right? I mean, I think that leading by example, which is what we're doing, right? Uh, starting businesses, making noise, rattling the cage of the big brands who have been overlooking the actual customers who buy their products. We women in midlife and beyond, so Gen Xers and baby boomers, we own most of the wealth in the world, yep. and we're talking bill- billions of dollars. And we make 85 to 90% of the purchasing decisions. So what the F? That's exactly what I was going to say about this. Even women who are stay at home and don't have their own income, they still drive a very large percentage of the buying decisions in that home and out of that bank account. And I'm not talking brand of toothpaste or brand of toilet paper. We're talking about these big vacations that you were talking about at the beginning that cost thousands and thousands of dollars, I guarantee you that most of those vacations are planned by the woman in the household. Please. Have yeah. any of you guys, <laughs> have y'all not planned every trip you've ever been on? Almost. Almost. Yeah. I would say short of maybe one or two that were, uh, that were because I refused. <laughs> when I yeah. Because I said, you know what? This time it's your turn. Yeah. Why don't you surprise me? I love when we get <laughs> yeah. on these trips and someone in the family says, do we have? You're like, of course we do. Mm-hmm. We have sunscreen mm-hmm. in 10, 15, 35, 70, and 180. We have the after sun gel. We have the goggles. <laughs> we have the snorkel fins. Right. Mother is in spray, charge. The, the spray version. We have the face version. We have your sun shirt. And I'm like, what and if we, we didn't? <laughs> what were you guys going to do at this point? You're standing on a beach. It's 112. 
I love that you depend on me like that, but why don't you appreciate me like that too? Well, let's jump into what's going on in the travel world because people are kind of waking up and I noticed, um, you know, hotels and other things are filling up and people are really raring to go. So I want to talk about some different ways of travel and some things I've been hearing about and learning about. And one of the first ones, guys, I want to talk about is solo travel. Mm, I've yes. not heard a lot about that till lately, but it's becoming a big thing. I mean, I'm sure everybody can figure that out. That's traveling alone. And I think as we as women, that's kind of a foreign concept. I mean, would you girls, would that be your first thought is to travel alone? I I have traveled alone, so. I have traveled quite a bit alone. Yeah. And I'm about to do it again. Uh, I For find business or personal? Both, actually. So both. So I, I am headed to Italy with a cool life contingency of women. And there are still a couple of spots. So we're going to talk about that. This, but if you're airing it soon, we still have a couple of spots. But we, we're, we're going to be staying in this. 650-acre winery, farmhouse. Oh, we beautiful. Have, you know, someone's coming in to do a cooking class for us, an yeah. Italian cooking We're class. We're going to come back we'll to make, that yeah. kind of trip. Tell me first, I want to put a pin right. in that for a second and try to oh, cover these yeah. categorically. Both of you, let's talk, I've traveled solo for business, not my favorite thing, um, but you girls talk, Christina, tell us about your experiences. <laughs> well, I, I'll say this. <clears throat> I probably, I don't particularly. I'm about the way you're laughing. Don't yeah, tell me it was jail or something. Uh, no, 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 no. That I, doesn't count. I actually had went, so it was a business trip and I went to New Orleans and it was the first time that I ever went to New Orleans. And I'll just say this, um, I didn't know what I didn't know. And so. Because okay, I was holding my breath on why any woman well, would travel solo to New Orleans. Well, and and I'll tell you, I probably won't ever do it again because I took the little town car, that little, you know, you, the little trolley. The trolley. Yeah, the trolley thing. And I went into town. I got some you know, food to cook and then went back to my place. But I got lost going back to my place and I went like over to these other places and I was in the wrong part of town and I had cash on me. It was just not good. So, And you're five foot. Uh, yeah, I'm five foot nothing. And yeah, it was just really not a good experience for me. Uh, so that that day I vowed to never travel by myself again. Okay, so is that the one only time this is a one-off? Yeah, it's a one-off. Earlier you said that with authority, like this is something you do on the reg well, and no, you're no, no, no. beast at I, it. I, I knew that after that time, I was like, it's probably not a good idea for me to travel by myself. However, I do travel by myself for business and uh, that that's fun too. You know, it's like, eh. Before the pandemic, I would go to um, well, I a lot hear of different about places. Jack's, you know, travel exploits. But, but then I want to take a step back and talk about, you know, we'll come back to how we do this safely and yes. what's wise and unwise when we're thinking about traveling alone. But Jack, what have your solo travels looked like? So a couple of years ago, well, before the pandemic, and, I, and I've done this before, I just haven't done it since the pandemic, but I took my, my son did a... Uh, he went to Spain to teach English to native speaking Spanish students for two weeks in a program. And so he did that for two weeks and then he was going to do the opposite, be in a Spanish immersion program in Spain for a week. So he was going to Spain for three weeks. 
And I wasn't going to have my son in Europe for three weeks with me being this far away, right? So I took him to Morocco first for 10 days. And then I dropped him off in Madrid. And then I hightailed it to Lisbon and parked myself in an Airbnb for three weeks. And I tried to travel alone, ladies. I really did. It was just going to be me three weeks in a flat in Lisbon because I can work from wherever. But I'll tell you, in those three weeks, my boyfriend came for a week. My sister came for four days. And then her wife tagged along in the middle. <laughs> and then as they were leaving, another okay. friend of mine tagged for in. For our listeners, these was, girls are frauds. Uh, they <laughs> led you to believe they're going all over the world solo. <laughs> My intention, my intention was to do it solo, but I had a revolving door of guests. Well, because, you know, I had a free place to stay in Lisbon. Mm. Who was going to be like, hey, no, I don't want to come visit. Exactly. So I'm going to try it again, ladies. I'm trying it again in Porto now because I'm going over to Europe and I'm going to park my butt for a couple of weeks. So far, I'm alone. Nice. But you know what's going to happen is I do have two beds. I want to talk a little bit about this because I think some of our listeners probably, you know, they're a little rectal sphincter tightened when we talked about going somewhere alone because I honestly still know because Jack you lived um you've lived a little bit more urban life than some of us have I'm small town southern I did live in Fort Worth Texas for a while biggest place I ever lived but I live in a very mid-sized southern town and a lot of women around me the thought of going somewhere alone would be terrifying for them it would not be anything they would look forward to or want to do. And so, you know, when it comes to certain things, like they would not even really have the wherewithal to go check into a flight by themselves, to know what kind of transportation to pursue, to know what the dangers and pitfalls are. And I think as midlife women, we need to, we need to be able to do all the things. There may be a time especially if you don't have a partner or your partner might be aging, that you may have to do something alone. And I think we need to be okay with that, even though it may not be our choice that we would do alone, because I'm always going to want to go with people. Mm-hmm. Like when I think of travel, I think of hanging out with my favorite people as much as I do the experience. Because if nobody else is there to experience it with me, I'm like, it kind of felt like it didn't happen sometimes. And so Y'all agree or disagree that that women need to be able to? Oh, I agree, but I also make friends when I travel. Like I, I'm not, I'm, I'm quote alone, but I'm not really alone. Meaning, like I have no problem sitting at a bar, getting a glass of wine, and ordering some food, and then chatting up the people next to me. And I have made friends kind of all over the world that way, which I love that has, has ended up being people like I still communicate with. Like I met some woman in Lucerne, Switzerland when I was in my 20s and she lived in Canada. She and I are still friends. I mean, nice. she picked me up at a bar. I, I love alone. that. She was and that alone. probably wouldn't have happened had you not have been it alone. It wouldn't happen. Exactly. Yeah. It, alone travel does to, open up some possibilities. You agree, really Christina? It, <laughs> and language wise too, right? Because... Like when I travel alone, I work really hard at using the local language as much as possible. But when I'm with someone who, who speaks English and is my friend, I'm not going to work that hard on the local language. Right. I'm going to talk to her or him and be, be totally fine. You know, there's value, I think, in both, right? They're just different experiences. Yes. But they're, they're in, they're enjoy- both of them are enjoyable. They're just very different. Hmm. What about you, Christina? Does I, it sound appealing to be alone? 
I don't mind it, to be honest. I just get nervous if I'm in a foreign country and I don't know the language or I don't know where I'm traveling to. That's the biggest thing because I'm directionally challenged. <laughs> oh, dear Jesus. Is she? So, could you guys imagine? Like The joke just is lost? that for Christmas, Christina's getting the Fisher Prize light up globe. Help her with her geography. It's so bad. Yeah. God bless you. Christina, I'm with I'm with you, girl. I'm with you. As a matter of fact, you can almost bet that if I tell you to go left, that we should probably be going right. Now I'm that way. That's I can me. figure things out, but like my I, husband and, and this ha- and this happens with the smartphone, with the GPS. Like I, I, I map it out and I start walking and all of a sudden there is that little dot is going in the, the wrong, wrong direction. Or it like, says walk north. Walk north around. to the to this street. And you're like, well, if I knew where North was, I wouldn't need this. Whereas my husband exactly. can be dropped down in a cornfield in the middle of Iowa and know which way is north, south, east, and west. He would so get home. crazy. And he used words like that. You need to go north on 85 up there. And I'm like, can you just call it what the road's really called? Like yes. Carol Jones Parkway. And is that left or right? <laughs> So correct. I'm but like, now I'm I with have you. people, and, and, and oh my god, and the metric system, right? So when yeah. we, I went to, I went to Portugal, and we rented a car with friend, and we were going up to wine country, and neither one of us confessed to the other until like the third day that every time the GPS lady said in twenty meters or yes, in thir- we would be like, what is she saying? And so we came up with this like in thirty clickety clacks, turn left, and in thirty <laughs> oh humpy humps. <laughs> You need to make a U-turn. That's what it sounds like. It was embarrassing. Americans are the worst about that kind of stuff. Our our education in this country sucks so badly that we don't know the metric system. And I will tell you, there are apparently, and I think it might have a lot to do with our Enneagram number. Do you know your Enneagram type, Jack? No, I don't. And I want it, but I mean, tell me where I can take that. Okay, we're going to come back to that with you. Okay. So I want okay, to tell you, I my like daughter is an Enneagram 4. And Enneagram 4s are a very, I think, a unique number. And she really values personal time and downtime and really getting inside herself and doing lots of reading and thinking and and quietness and introspection. And I wouldn't call her exactly um, introverted, but in a way. She loves solo travel, like plans it on a regular basis. And she will go to these. I'm not talking just be your by yourself in a vibrant city. I'm talking rent a cabin in the, you know, 40 minutes from the grocery store by yourself as a young female. I mean, I'm so impressed that she does that. I'm so proud of her that she is showing her strength in that. You know, we worry about her as a parent, but she will go sit in a cabin for three days and hike alone not see anyone, turn off her phone, all the things that makes a mother's, you know, insides tremble. I'm, I can tell you right now, I'm not an Enneagram four. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I know yeah. We can just pass by that number entirely. Yeah, we can mark that one off. But for her, that is very, not only fulfilling, but restorative for her. Right. And I think we are restored by different things. I, I'm, I'm fueled by people and good conversation and good visits. And I'm fueled by the beach. And I will sit on the beach by myself for a little while, but yes. I love to just sit there with a favorite person and talk. I could do that from the time the sun comes up to the sun goes down. It doesn't have to be a big party. That's not what I'm meaning. So I think there's some of us that are better designed for solo travel, but I want you to ladies, our listeners to know it's a thing and there are ways to do it safely. Yes. And you know, if that's something that appeals to you, do the research 
and give it a try. Give it a try. Do it. You could even do it in a way where two people went together, but maybe you stayed in cabins, you know, 10 cabins apart or something. So someone was close by and you felt that safety. Or there are places you can go that are more conducive to protecting you and keeping you safe. If um, She really prefers to be around no one. Like she cooks her own meals, all that. But I can see myself laying up in a lavish hotel and someone cooking for me. So figure out what is meaningful to you. And as we talk about these different types of travel, I think that's going to be important is what things are meaningful for you and what fills your cup. So the next thing I do want to talk about is girlfriend trips and not exactly the one you're doing because that's going to be our third category, Jack. I'm talking about when you just call some of your besties. And I think this is normal for some women and very normal for others because for a very long time, if you've been a woman whose budget and schedule meant your time away was the family vacation each year, just taking off with some of your girlfriends may sound a little strange. Yeah. Did y'all do that when you're raising families? I did, but I was in a kind of in a unique situation in that I got separated from my spouse when my son was two. And I was pretty much a single mom for the first, I don't know, at least 10, 10 years after that. So I, I actually did something pretty clever and it was part uh, on purpose and part very fortuitous. I ended up becoming friends with this, what I call it, I, I call them my urban tribe. There were these women and they all had boys that were within nine or 10 months from my son. And we would, every summer, the girls would go away for the weekend. We would go the moms without the kids. We would leave our kids with the dads or whoever for, for a short weekend. And then we would go back and pick up our kids and then all the kids would be together for a week. And we did this every single year from the time my son was three until the time he was 18. We didn't do it the mm. last time because as they got older, they started having other requirements and, you know, I don't know, college trips and that kind of stuff. But yeah, so that Attitudes. was a really great combination <laughs> of having girl time, friend time without <clears throat> children, and then having all those extra moms, right? Because, and all those extra toddlers together. because. What's way better than one toddler? Two, you know, because they entertain each other. So that's right. Yeah, I love, I love those kinds of trips. Yeah. What about you, Christina? Girls trip? Um, girls trip were were always my business trips. Those were Me too. those were my girl trips. You know, because I I was a single mom and I didn't have somebody that would be like, hey, I'm going to take your kid for the whole entire time. My son's father was not trying to do all that. Well, I was so. that mom that I really yeah. loved traveling with my child. My children were I did good too. travelers. Yeah. Other I, than getting car sick, one of them does that. But like my kids were mm-hmm. never the ones that are like, I'm off my schedule. I can't sleep or that oh, no. feels not right. No. My kids could crash yeah. anywhere. They would eat anything. They were wonderful travelers. Yeah. But I think it's because we did it from so young. I mean, we laughed by the time Ethan was two, he'd been the Atlantic Ocean and Pacific Ocean into Puerto Rico. Um, but yep. Yep. I, I wanted my kids to see all this stuff. And I really enjoyed traveling with my kids and with my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, you, my girls' trips have been business trips. But that all changed about a year ago. My son got 18, my youngest. And I'm like, okay, back to my life. That's the way I really felt. Yeah. And so for the first time, I just made contact with some girls and we rented a place at the beach, and it was so amazing, y'all. 
And I was telling my husband last night, as much as I love to travel with the family and travel with you, there's something about having no responsibility for anyone else. Yes. And I wanted just the women out there. That is the biggest thing about the girls' trip. I remember even one of the first times I went on a business trip without kids or family, I got up the next morning and got dressed and I'm like, I got 30, 40 extra minutes here. What am I doing every day? You could eat. And I realized, (laughs) yeah, it was all that carrying and getting children out the door. But one of the best things I think about girls trips, because I, 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 I'm about to go on one right now to Charleston. I'm running a 10K first weekend of April. So we rented an Airbnb and we're going to do the whole weekend, right? So we'll mm-hmm. fuck it up on Friday night, not do anything because we have to hydrate and all that stuff. But we run on Saturday morning. We have all day Saturday and all day Sunday. My favorite, one of my favorite things about doing girls trips is the show and tell because everybody always has all these like amazing new products or do you, have you seen this thing? Yes. And you use it. Did you, you try this concealer? And you're just, and everyone's like sharing or what, look at this uh, jewelry cleaner. I have gotten so many new product ideas from girls trips because that everybody so brings their stuff and they need to share what's working and what's not working. When and, we went to the beach up, last year, that's exactly, I remember one of the girls coming to buy, buy the, can I try some of that shampoo you were talking about? But my friend right. that I saw had gotten these swim cover-ups from Amazon. We come out and are, oh, those are so cute. I'm not even kidding. Within the next hour, we're sitting on the beach, and the other girls Shopping. are ordering theirs. They're like literally Shopping. ordering them yes. as we sit on the beach. And that was so yeah. fun. I mean, you just wouldn't do that with your family or your husband. And, you know, girls right. share food, too, in a way that men don't really prefer to. Mm-hmm. So we'll go in a restaurant and order a bunch of food. Because my husband grew up with three brothers. He doesn't not like to share his food. He, he like, leave my food alone. But girls will, like, just get a bunch of stuff. Oh, can some of that? Stick our fork over there. And we do that communal. I mean, Jack's looking at me like she doesn't do that. But my girlfriends, we kind of <laughs> do that. Yeah. Oh, no, I do it. I do it. But, but also, my boyfriend... Um, I always have to leave something on my plate. It's this weird codependent thing that has evolved over time and no one knows. Like it was sort of unspoken, but he always has to have like extra food and it has to come from my plate. So, (laughs) but the weird part is that now I'm so conditioned that even when he's not around, I leave stuff on my plate, even though there's no one there to eat it. Oh, you are cracking me up. That's so funny. I also love that we were on a girl's trip. Like some of the girls had not seen that television show with Jane Fonda and um, Lily Tomlin. Frankie and Gracie. Oh, gosh. And Grace and that Grace and Frankie. show is And we so curled good. up and watched some of that. So good. And, you know, another thing I loved is that traveling a bunch of girls, they cleaned up after themselves. Yes. It was yes. awesome. Right. You're actually traveling with a bunch of high-functioning women mm-hmm. who usually are the ones that are lifting, doing the heavy lifting when they're with their families. So now you have, what, three, four, five, six, seven of those high-functioning, heavy-lifting women all in one room, and you're like, oh, my God, the coffee gets made, the dishes get put away, random acts of cheese platters come out with fruit <laughs> that's been washed. That right? was the thing that and happened. Everybody brought their snacks, and we're like, oh, what is that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's yes. you're Because when you travel as a mom, right you're feeding everyone else. You're making all the snacks. You travel with your girlfriends and everybody shows up with their favorite snack or their favorite alcoholic, you know, because some people brought this and we had bottles of wine and we had Tito's and we had spritzers and everybody's like, oh, I want to try that. And there was just this communal sharing that I just loved. I mean, I just really, 
I hated when it was over. We didn't have any problems on that trip. It was amazing. But now I will say choose your travel buddies carefully. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like everyone that went on that trip was vetted. And if you're a pain in the ass, you're not going with me. You're not mm-hmm. sleeping with me. And consider the accommodations. We had a perfect setup where everyone was comfortable. Yeah, that's nice. Like we knew who was willing to share a bed. We knew who wasn't. We knew who needed this and that. And I think that makes a big difference. Don't you guys really thinking it through? Yeah. Honestly, at this stage of my life, I don't care so much about the bed, but I care about the bathroom situation. Yes. I want to I wanna know. I mean, I like having my own bathroom if I can. You know, now I'll share a bathroom with my sister and her wife because, you know, there's an intimacy between the three of us that we just, we just know, right? right? But for the most part, I don't really like to share a bathroom with, with other people. Yeah, I have my one friend that's my travel bestie and like, she can be in the shower and I can be brushing my teeth or taking a poo. We don't care. We've (laughs) been traveling for 20 something years together. We know, I've seen everything she's got, you know, we just have been down these roads, you know, and- there, that's a special kind of intimacy and understanding. But when you're traveling with people that you don't know as well, you know, make sure in advance, my tips would be to ask what their needs are. Like some people I have found, I think it's strange. They like to stay in and cook on vacation. It's an odd concept to me because I like to try every restaurant in town. But you need to know who that travel partner is and who yeah. she is. And what is she a drinker? Is she not a drinker? We found out we did find out the hard way. One girl in our group was not fond of sitting on the beach all day long. And I mean, I will go out there as soon as I can get my teeth brushed and sit until it's time for dinner. Yep. And people yep. are saying, you can stay longer and get carry out or you can go in now and go to dinner. And she wasn't that way. So she was always ready to go in. That was the only hiccup we really had. So you need to find out who likes to do what and who are, if people are early risers. If people have temperature needs, because I have a temperature need, (laughs) but I had a downstairs bedroom kind of where I could control the air myself. So little things like that, ladies, if you think it through, you can have a wonderful trip, but you need to ask the questions and don't just be, oh, come one, come all. That sounds good. But haven't y'all both got Mm -hmm. stuck with some in some situations that weren't great? Well, yeah, yeah, and I'll say this, you know, uh, I went to Brazil for two weeks with my church because we did a a missions trip and you're just partnered, you know, you're just partnered with people and it was very eye-opening. It was a great experience. It ended up being super good, uh, but you just don't know, you know, you're kind of just thrown in together and two weeks being gone, not being able to go to the bathroom, irritations start to happen. So, you know, it's like there's there's some there's some we're not things. in summer camp anymore. Yeah. Yeah. We so, do want to choose. Midlife women yeah. do not like to be told what to do. Yeah. So I have to ask Christina, two weeks in Brazil, did you get mugged? No, it was beautiful. It was so great. I, I have I have yet to go to Brazil that I haven't been mugged, oh, held at gunpoint. Yeah. I mean, I just can't go to that country without well, something happening to me. Well, we were with, we were with friends. We were with friends and, (laughs) and, you know, they knew what to do. So, you know, I, I was thinking we were valet parking. Yeah. Well, until I opened my mouth, then they were like, oh, you're American. But, you know, (laughs) they were, they were parking the car and I thought, oh, 
okay, he's giving them money for valet parking because I'm thinking valet parking. No, you have to give them money to watch your car so the gang members don't come and try to steal your car. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, you know. Okay, so, okay. So that yes, that's exactly. I, I feel bad. I'm like, okay, yes. Yeah, so that's how it. That's that's how it rolls. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful country. <laughs> I love it. I'll go back. I'm, I'm actually going to go to Mozambique um, in a couple of years with my church. So that's going to be exciting because we have some ministry partners out there. So yeah. You know, one other question I think we did not talk about when we're doing a girls' trip or group trip is budget. And I think we need to, before we get there, is make sure everybody has the same, because there's nothing worse than everybody's ready to go to dinner and you've made reservations at this, you know, you know, the, it says $3 signs there by the, you know, on the menu. And someone says, well, I can't afford that at the last minute because that rains on everybody's parade and you want to respect everyone's budget. So that's something else I would really recommend you have a conversation beforehand. What What's your food budget look like? Are you eat out? Are you a fine dining? Are you a hot dog stand? Know your girls. Know your girls. Like I know my friend that I travel with has some strict dietary needs. No gluten, no dairy, no fun. No, I'm just kidding. She's a lot of fun. But we always have to make sure there are options for her and that's just being considerate. But the question comes to letting people know in advance. And if you're the one with the special needs, whether it be I snore, I sleep with this. I've heard people getting places and someone shows up with a sleep apnea machine and hadn't told anyone. Y'all, that's just rude. If you have some need or something that might be um, a disturbance to anyone else on the trip, you need to disclose that in advance. Yeah. You need to just disclose it. And there'll be someone that says, I don't care my husband sleeps. You can get in my room or whatever. So just have those discussions before you leave town, and it will really lower the tension level. So now I want to go to a different kind of trip that is a group trip. But there are these trips that I'm seeing, and, and Jack's about to go on one. She's part of leading it. It's these trips that are planned, um, and I'm going to call them purpose trips. They're planned to go see a certain region. They're planned for a historical trip, a foodie trip. They have an intent and a purpose and a story beyond, hey, I just want to go to, you know, the beach for a week. They seem to be very intentional. And so, Jack, I want to talk about that in your upcoming trip to Italy Tell us what those trips are like, because I think that is a little different than just your girl's trip. Yeah. So back to what you were talking when we, we started off talking about solo travel and that, you know, and Christina was like, yeah, I did it once and I realized I don't really enjoy it, don't want to do it. Um, so, the, And I think there are a lot of women out there, especially in midlife and beyond, who for whatever reason don't want to travel alone, but they want to travel and their partner can't because either their their job won't let them mm-hmm. or they don't like to travel, right? I mean, some women are married to these people for 35, 40 years and the guy doesn't want to go anywhere or the woman doesn't want to go anywhere or whatever you're married to. Well, what are you supposed to do? Not go anywhere because your partner doesn't want to go? I or maybe thought, you don't well, have a group of girlfriends. Or you don't have a group of girlfriends. and Or you want to expand your network. You want to meet. So here's the deal. It is never too late to make new friends. And I think some of us, some of us get stuck in this, okay, well, I'm 50 something. I, I, you know, I'm done. I can't make any new friends. I, you know, I either have the friends or I don't have the friends. And I'm like, oh, that is such baloney. So it's also an opportunity in a way it's self-selection, right? Because if you're the type of woman who's willing to take that risk, then you're a bit of an adventure seeker, right? right? So if, if, so by definition, the women who are coming on this trip, have self-selected in, 
right? They they know what they know they're going to be with a bunch of people they don't know. They also realize that while they don't know them on day one, that they'll be BFFs by day seven because that's how women roll, right? right? And so I'm really excited because it gives and and I'm and I this is the inaugural trip. This, so we're only doing one right now because I want to get it right because it's kind of a big ask to have women trust you. Okay, you're going to put this, this trip together. I'm going to hand over thousands of dollars and you're going to make this work. And I wa- we wanted to do one to prove to prove to everyone yeah. that we're capable well, and let's this talk is about an amazing event. The components that make it difference. This is a planned itinerary, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. What have, else do you feel um, like makes this different? Well, we've taken care of all of the so if women are afraid of like, okay, where do I go? Yes. And how do I get yes. there? And the where am I going to eat? And what if I get lost? And what's the right museum to go to? We figured it all out. I have a travel expert who I'm collaborating with, Leslie Ender, who is part of the Cool Life community. And she's been doing these, she's been a travel expert for, I don't know, 30, 40 years, whatnot. And she's an expat. So she lives part of the year in Europe. She's on the ground. She knows what she's doing. Okay, so I want to stop on that one for a minute. Itinerary. Okay, because I do think these trips often, and y'all can tell me what y'all are saying, but they are often led by someone who has a tie to that area. Yes, they've traveled there extensively. They lived there, or they're just an expert on that for some reason. Is that is that the norm for these kind of trips? I don't know if that's the norm. I, I, I don't I don't have an answer to that. That's, that's an interesting question. I'm, I'm kind of curious about the answer. But it is it is what we're leading with. And I wanted to lead with the best chance for success. So for me, that means I bring in the, the smartest, most capable people with the deepest expertise in what I'm looking for. I didn't want to take any chances. Yeah. You know, so, I, yeah, so it was I based feel, on that. Yeah, and, you know, I would feel comfortable and confident if somebody had that. You know, like if if you said, hey, you know, like you were just saying, I have a couple extra spots. I'd be like, okay, like that makes sense. You know, she's already planned it all out. This is coming from an expert who's on the ground, who knows the ins and the outs, um, especially, especially after – the pandemic. You know, I don't want to get caught in another country and not be able to come home. Um, I don't, you know, I mean, cause I have, I have this sassy side of me and you know, you just don't, like, <laughs> you don't want to make well, any bad, bad moves think, or decisions. So I think it's wise, you know, when you're traveling internationally yes, to go with people who know what they're doing yes. and know the lay of the land, because we Americans are notorious for not understanding other cultures and languages and ways of existing. And we can be offensive. So going with someone who knows the lay of the land and can advise you on that. Plus, I know I'm going on a trip soon with someone who has done this trip several times. And it's a very short trip. And I think when you're going to places for short amounts of time, and there's a lot to see there, having someone who knows how to hit the right things quickly and maneuver around is huge. Are are you finding that to be a big benefit in this trip, Jack? Oh, yes, because, you know, we don't, we're not there for months. We're there for one week. Yeah. Right. So when you're only there for one week, every, every minute counts, right? You have, you have to pay attention. You don't have, so I, I traveled around the world for a year, right? Which, which with a backpack, which meant I was in places for months at a time or weeks at a time. Well, there's a lot more, you can be a lot more relaxed 
right? If and you're, flexible. If you're going to park yourself someplace for a month, because if you don't do the museum today, you can do it tomorrow or two days from now. But when you really have a defined amount of time and you're also responsible. So I'm, you know, I'm responsible for these women's um, experience. I, I am, I want to make it the best. I, I want them to come home from this trip and be so excited and, and like ready to sign up for wherever else the next one that we're coming that, that we come up with, or that they just feel really good at, and that they feel really good about the experience, right? That they made friends, that they, they got out of it what they wanted to get out of it. And that's very important to me. So now when I've bit, traveled in groups, <laughs> yeah, I found there's definitely some things to consider if you're going to travel in a group. And first of all, you've just got to be freaking patient. When you're traveling in a group like that, where this is not your curated group of best buddies and you don't get to ask all the questions, you're going to have to be patient that some people may dine longer. Some people may run late. Some people may have different preferences. And if you're a person where everything has to be your way, would you agree that's probably not the best trip for you? Right. If you, well, that's, you shouldn't go anywhere with anybody if you have to have your way all the time, because that just doesn't work. I don't even know how you live in your home with other people because you don't get to have your own way all the time. Oh, some the think they do. Work that way. <laughs> but you're I just going to be frustrated. Let's say that if you try to go on a trip like this and you're not prepared to be patient and understanding and flexible with other people, you just, you're asking yourself for trouble. So I'm really trying to outline for our listeners, you know, which of these trips might work for them. And this is a trip where it's a defined set itinerary. You don't get to say, no, let's do this tomorrow. It's already set. And that is for some people very freeing and gives them a lot of peace. Yeah. And for some people, it makes them tighten up a little bit. My husband would not do well in that. He, he likes to just wander around. So um, yeah. you guys have taken I, I care it. of I, every detail. And I think that's wonderful for so many people. I'm just going to say with each of these kinds of trips, ladies, know what you're getting into and and know what the layout's going to be. And I'm that type of person. I can be flexible when I go in knowing that's the deal. So that's kind of the way I try to be with people, you know, manage the expectations and we can handle everything. And I love too that trips like this, I assume you guys tell people everything that they need, everything they need to bring, what they don't need to bring. Yeah, is there a You've list? handled all the details with <laughs> customs. Oh, yeah, we have, and... a, we have a list on the website. Like once once they have bought the trip and once they're in, they get access to, you know, you know here's, here's the health insurance mm-hmm. you need because you should have insurance before you go to Europe, especially in this world that we live in right now. Well, and, let's say that know, a lot of here's... people do not know that once you leave the country that your employer-provided health care coverage may not cover you in case of illness or accident. And it can be very expensive to have an illness in a foreign country. And that may be all out of pocket. So you need to be aware of things like that, that people don't think about. So thanks for bringing that up. So because I wouldn't have even thought about that. What else is on that list? (laughs) You tell them what vaccinations they would need, all that. Yeah. I mean, all the COVID COVID restrictions, although those things change on like it seems like See, daily, that, right? That would be a little nerve wracking for me. Like just the COVID stuff, not knowing, not knowing like, okay, what, what, what does this day look like? Okay. Yeah. We're good to go. And then what if it switches the plans because, oh, nope, we've changed to this now because of the COVID restrictions. So that, is that still happening a lot in Europe right now? So, you so currently right now, 
because I'm I'm doing Italy and then Spain. I'm going to go visit another one of my cool life spot leaders who lives in Mallorca. Nice. And then I'm going to Portugal. But each one of those, all you need is vaccination proof. You don't even need a COVID test anymore. So now it's actually a really good time to travel because, you know, because of COVID and because it's spring, it's shoulder season and off season for a lot of places. So you're not going to deal with a lot of extra people, which is lovely. I like to travel when it's not super crowded. Me too. And oh, me too. Me too. And the temperatures in Europe are so pleasant right now, right? Because well, to me, there's a sweet degrees. spot yeah, between the seasons yes. when yes. it's not the complete off season because then things are closed and not operating. Like you go to the no, beach during the off sort of season like and your shoulder favorite season, seafood, right? so. the restaurant's not open, you know, the weather's not permitting, but there's these little slivers. And, you know, somebody like you mm-hmm. who travels a lot can help people to identify that. Like, when we went to Costa Rica, I I um, almost did not check seasonally. We think everything's going to be like America, you know. And we were getting in just before the rainy season began. Because when we say rainy season, we mean it rains all day, yes. every day. Yeah. And so yeah. Yeah. having a tour operator is not going to take you, if you're going with a planned group like Jack's offering, they're going to know those things. They're going to know you're going at the right time. They're going to know the best way to move from city to city. You know, is it a car? Is it a train? And we Americans, especially when, like, in the deep south where I live, people don't travel by train or subway. That's not, that's yeah. not what we do. So when you get into these other cities and you don't understand those systems, that can be a challenge. But when you've got somebody to show you the ropes, it's a great way to travel if you've got a lot of insecurities and you're willing to be flexible to someone else's schedule. I think that's a, a great thing you're doing, Jack, and bringing women together in that way. And I think it shows... We don't have to have men to travel. Yes. Well, I think no, we, don't, we don't, ladies. <laughs> I think it's cool. You know, I've been traveling my pretty much my whole life by myself, and I just got married um, three years ago. So for me, I like to travel with my husband because it's always just been either me traveling with the girls for business or, you know, me traveling with my son. And so, Christina, tell the truth. What? Christina likes to just show up and not have to know anything. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> she just likes to be taken care of. I'm the one over here taking care of it for my husband. I, telling I him, he's like, where are we staying tonight? I, he doesn't even know what hotel oh, we're at, well, you we, know, where we're we going. We plan together. We don't We don't just let one person plan. We plan together and we Who has decisions. itinerary written and printed? Me. You do? Really? Good for oh, you. Yeah. I'm like, give me the well, tickets. So, I want to know. <laughs> Okay, so now that we've talked about different ways of travel, I want to talk about some of the most cool trips we're seeing people do lately, especially for women, how we're traveling differently, how people are arranging it, organizing it, paying for it. Because for some of these women, going to Italy is probably not on the budget this year, but there's a lot of cool small trips that you can do. So, um, Christina, tell them what trips you're excited about doing soon. It, maybe give them a couple of options and different price points. For me, um, okay, so I, I'll, I'll talk about the South Carolina one because I'm really excited. So we're going to do uh, a couple of days in Hilton Head and we're going to do a couple of days in Charleston. And in Charleston- Why are you stealing my travel places? 
because those go are the places you, you told me to go to. And so we're going to go do some bed and breakfasts in Charleston because we've never done that. And I think it would just be fun and quaint and you get to know the locals, you get to do kind of the local thing. And I really love to be absorbed in local stuff. Like I don't like to do the whole like, oh, everybody goes here, so you should just go here. No, like what do you do from day to day? Like what does that look like? I want to be immersed in that. So, um, so that's when are you going to be? When are you, when are you going to be in Charleston? So I'm going to go in. I think we're going to go in August. I think that's when we're going to go. I'm going to be there the first weekend of April for that race. So oh, if you were there, I was like, Jack oh my God, we need, to meet, we need to Jack, meet up. Jack, I may, I may I meet you over there, Jack. I know. Gail will probably meet you over there. Jack, yeah. I mean, Charleston's just a few hours from my home. Yeah. And I want to talk about this oh, as part of what Christina is saying. I love destinations like that where you can do two or three vastly mm-hmm. different things. Yes. And I know Charleston is considered, you know, it's a port town. But Charleston itself is not the beach. The beach is going to be a mm-hmm. few minutes away in Mount Pleasant or over on Folly Beach or all the other beaches and communities around there. But what that gives you is a chance to experience some very different experiences day to day. I mean, you have the Gullah culture. You have all the wonderful seafood. You can go fishing. You can do all the outdoor activities, the kayaking. You can take tours, you know, on swampy rivery areas and little estuaries and you can do the island. There's one island there that you take a boat over about lunchtime and they put you out and you can't get off till they come back for you. There's no food. There's no anything. You take your picnic and you explore the island. But then there's downtown Charleston with the straw market and all the wonderful shopping, eateries, the architecture, the museums. And then you've got your choice of beaches. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to find some shells, go to Folly, the, you know, Fist-sized welts will just roll up on your ankles. And then you've got the Cooper River Bridge and all the Mount Pleasant places. So it's a little trip where you can do two or three things in one. And then Mm -hmm. you're not that far if you want to go to Savannah, Georgia and check that out. I mean, why leave Charleston is my opinion. But I love trips like what you're talking about, Christina, that Mm -hmm. um, give you several things. We did the same thing in Virginia one year. We went to Virginia Beach. We went to Busch Gardens. We went to... um, I'm sorry, I still have COVID brain. Uh, the Jamestown, Jamestown's Landing and Williamsburg. Mm. We made that a whole trip. So there's a lot of those kind of trips where you can go to a lot of different places for the week. So that's one thing to decide. Am I wanting to do one note or do I really want to see an area and what areas provide three or four stops without having to get back on an airplane or anything? Yeah. What about you, Jack? I just got back from Nashville, uh, Tennessee, which I had never been. Great town. Never been. Love it. And my boyfriend and I hadn't gone anywhere because of the pandemic. And we were trying to figure out, like, where could we just go for, like, four days, right? Mm -hmm. Just get away and unplug. And I had never been and he had never been. And it was phenomenal. Talk about, like, good food and great music. So here's the deal, right? You go to a bar or whatever, it's 11 o'clock in the morning on a weekday, and there's a band, and you're thinking, well, they're probably not very good, because who, they're probably the, the crappy band that plays at 11 a.m. on a Thursday, right? But no, here's it's the a deal great band. Yep. You have mm-hmm. to be good no matter what time yes, you play. that's right. Whether it's a, a 9 a.m. That's right. or 9 p.m., every band was better than the next. And I was like, whoa, the competition in Nashville is tough. It really is. Yeah. But, 
but from a, but from a patron, it's awesome. And the food was, I mean, the food was a little heavy for me because I don't do a lot of fried, yeah, um, heavy southern <laughs> type food. But you know, they had a fair amount of sushi restaurants that you know, and I'll, I can do sushi all day long, every day. You know, well, for so those that I, don't know, I, I was, National has experienced immense growth over the last five mm-hmm. to ten years. I mean, yes. it has really turned into a hot spot. But it does have different things to offer. You've got your honky tonks that really, you know, rev up at night where you can do all the line dancing, the bull riding, all that kind of stuff. Yes. But then you have your cool, your just beautiful spots. Like if you go, you have to go to the Bluebird Cafe. Um, But Bluebird Cafe is one of those y'all do your research because you have to have a reservation and the reservations open like Sunday morning at 10 o'clock for that week. And that's, you got to be basically on the phone line to get in. But that is the place where a lot of singers and songwriters got their starts. Mm-hmm. And they actually sit in the middle of the bar restaurant and and you're around them in the circle and they just play and talk and they tell you about the songs they've written. And it's a beautiful experience. It is not a loud honky tonk, get up and dance, but it's a place to just sit back with some friends. Then you've got that whole, one of the beautiful things about Nashville is this whole row of these honky-tonks. So if one's not your flavor, go to the next one, go to the next one, go to the next one. And then you can go out and see some beautiful countryside in Tennessee, eat some food. So it's a great weekend trip. I totally agree, Jack. And you know what else you can do if you're into cowboy boots? Oh, yes, they have the best boots. Yes. So I have a pen, I have a proclivity towards old gringo cowboy boots, and <laughs> um, girl, I you love know, you know what you, I, get it, girl. I, I like I liked what I like, you know. And so there were the problem was which pair, yes, right? Because yes. were I'm like, okay, well, those are really cool, and those are really cool, and yeah. So the problem was picking, but yeah, so it's a great. So if you are a cowboy boot girl, mm-hmm. there are so many amazing choices in Nashville. And make sure you leave room in your suitcase yeah. and you leave home love for that good extra boot. pair of boots. Love a good, <laughs> love a good cowboy boot. Oh yeah, pointy toe, the whole Love a good yep. cowboy boot. Yeah. Well, I think too. another great weekend <laughs> trip is Atlanta, Georgia. Now, I think I must be um, preferential to the South, but Atlanta has so many things to offer. We always say if there's anything you want to do other than go to the beach, it's available in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. And I think once baseball season starts up, one of the things you've got to do is go out to the new, the new Braves field. Stadium. Mm-hmm. That's an experience in itself. It's mm-hmm. surrounded by some great shopping and dining. I mean, you go spend half a day out there. You've got the World of Coke. You have an amazing, amazing aquarium in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. You've got the beautiful, beautiful Piedmont Park. You've got Atlanta downtown. You've got all these great little boroughs that yes. have, you know, opened up. And um, if you like, like history. City market. And if you like yeah. history, like I'm a history person. So I loved seeing like Martin Luther King, you know, where he preached Got the at. Jimmy Carter Library. Yes. I love, like that was just the best, like the and best. Zoo Atlanta is, I love Zoo Atlanta. I mean, it's not the San Diego Zoo, but I've always loved Zoo Atlanta. Um, there's so many things. Underground Atlanta, mm-hmm. any oh, kind of shopping. Fun. Underground Atlanta Any fun. kind of shopping. Atlantic Station, they have a um, a flagship store for H&M. We always, even when we're just driving mm-hmm. through, we'll stop. My son wants to go shopping. That's one of his favorite stores. And there's just, you can, you know, work, play, eat, everything you could want to do in Atlanta. So 
you know, put that on your list if you've never visited. It's it's really a wonderful town. Um, well, let's talk about beaches. Favorite mm. beaches, beaches you're dying to get to. Jack, go. I like the beaches where the sand is super white and the water is super blue. I'm, I'm a Gulf of Mexico girl. I'm a Caribbean girl. The, you know, the Atlantic, eh, you know, it'll do in a pinch, but I prefer the Atlantic down by Miami than mm-hmm. I do up here. And I live in North Carolina. And when I first went to the beaches in North Carolina, I'm like, what's with all the weeds <laughs> and the brown sand? And the water it's a little, is like it's a, really there's a learning curve. Green, brown yeah, color. I'm like, what happened to the beach? You know, between Miami mm-hmm. and here, they ruined it. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it is. So. And if you don't know that, the, you know, the East Coast beaches are different. And yes. I live in South Carolina. Yeah. And there is, it's not going to be snow powder sand. That's not what we do here. But what we do here really well is wildlife. And I've never found on any beach in Florida the shells and got to see the wildlife like myself and my kids have nope. gotten to in South Carolina. Yeah, no, no wildlife and no shells. But, you know, and, and honestly, like my favorite beaches aren't even in the U.S. I mean, I'll take a Hawaii beach. Absolutely. There's nothing wrong with a Hawaii yeah. beach. So Jack's our beach snob. US. Well, I am and- a beach snob. I am a total, put me in any, on any Caribbean island and just leave me yeah. there and I will be happy. Yeah. Just leave me there. And I'm good as long as I have Wi-Fi. Is that bad? <laughs> no, not at all. What about you, Christina? I'm I, okay. So I really loved the Brazil. Uh, Brazil, uh, their beaches in Brazil were just phenomenal. This the the way the sand feels. It feels like um, flour. So it doesn't feel like the beaches in the U.S. It's just very soft and. The water is warm and it's beautiful. Like I just was like, oh, I felt like at home, you know. <laughs> See, that warm water worries what, me a little what, bit for my shark what, friends. What, what beach did you go to? Was that in Rio or is no, that Cabo Frio? Or? I was in I was in Sao Paulo and we went to one of the little um resort places and I cannot it starts with a G but it was it was beautiful okay. million dollar homes on one side and then you look over on the other side and there's all the communities you know and you're like oh the, this the, is the flavela yeah. the, the flavelas yeah. Yeah. yeah we call them communities the, the position uh-huh. of yeah. yeah the juxtaposition of wealth and non wealth yeah. so yeah it's but ju- it's so glaring in that country. Yeah. It's even worse there than it is. And, and you know, it's pretty bad in the United yeah. States, and but we it's really in, bad there. We stayed in a hostel. It was it was great. Like I was just this is cool. I just loved it. I loved it. I th- I think there's you know some great beaches that are within you know a weekend trip or a drive in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Even the Gulf Coast, if you're anywhere in the south southeast, you know over even. When we lived in Dallas, we had friends that would drive down to Destin and the A1A area and, you know, all these beautiful Rosemary Beach and um, sea. Christie's really nice. Really? I, I've I never been there. Of time. I'm, I, I spent a fair, I, when I was a consultant, I had a gig there on Padre Island. So I had to go and spend mm. a fair amount of time and I always had to fly in and out of Corpus Christi. And, you know, I, I thought it was beautiful and the water's blue and the sand's white. I thought it was okay. Oh. Did you go to Padre or South Padre? Because those are two very different things if you're planning a trip. I I was there for work. So Gail, I don't, I honestly, and this was a, whoa, I, this was, I was in my early 20s and that is a hot minute ago. I don't remember exactly. So 
Um, yeah, any place you're yeah. going, do your research on what you really want because these beaches are very different. You know, you do get that Caribbean feel when you're on the Gulf Coast yes. of Mexico is what we're talking about. You know, your Panama Sea, your Destin, your Gulf Shores, Alabama. But then when you come over to your North Myrtle Beach, Lichtenfeld, Hilton Head, that is a different experience. You got to know mm-hmm. what you want, what's important to you and your travel group, your family, you as a solo traveler. And look at price points because they're very varying price points to these places. And the and the Pacific is very different as well. Because I lived in San mm-hmm. Francisco and I was, you know, two miles from the Pacific. But it's did different. I ever go in it? No. no I never <laughs> went in there. No, you don't go in there. <laughs> I never went in there. First of all, the riptides were out of yes. control. People would die all yes. the time in San Francisco. Some idiot would get out there because I don't know what they were thinking. But then on top of that, talk about hypothermia. Yes. Like it is so, so cold. When I, mm-hmm. I think that's suit. The people who have not been to California think it's all, you know, Orange County, and it's not. But even even when you even down south, it's still not that warm. Like I don't. Let's just be clear too. (laughs) California is not one long beach. They have coastlines that are very different than we have on the east coast. Anywhere on the east that it runs into the ocean, you're going to get a beach. But not in California. You may get a cliff. You may get a. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not all beach. And we realized that on our first couple of trips. But if you've not been to California, I highly recommend it. That is not a weekend trip. That is a seven, eight, nine day trip if you really want to see some stuff. Oregon one Coast. weekend trip I want to speak good. to that we overlook is Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. My family did that on a three-day weekend. It's hmm. a two-hour plane ride from Atlanta, Georgia. And the thing about Puerto Rico, it's such a small island. When you do land, you're five minutes from the hotel area. So you're not wasting a lot of time. And that's what you got to look out, guys. Like, we're planning a trip to the Florida Keys. That is not a weekend trip because it's going to be a four-hour drive from Miami. And you have to put those things in. What does the travel in and out of situation look like? That's why Puerto Rico drive, is so though, great. It's a great drive, It's a yes. great drive. I, but you don't want to do that in up, three days. Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, I grew up in Fort Lauderdale, so the Key West was like we hung out in Key West all the time. You had to drive there, you know, four hour drive, but it's a fun four hour drive. You'll 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 enjoy it. You'll you'll enjoy it. But for it. us, it would be four hours on top of two and a half hours of flight. You know, you got to think these things right. through. Whereas you get to Puerto Rico, once you land, you're there. You're five minutes away. There's no, um, there's not a big language barrier. They use them. You know, we use the U.S. dollar there and you don't have to clear customs. And you got to think about things like that, because when you go out of country, it can take you a long time to clear customs, do money exchanges and all those things. So when you're planning Mm -hmm. shorter trips, those things become really important is how close in things are. What's the transportation system, you know, look like? Um, I want to go back to these purpose driven trips. Because something I'm seeing, like with you, Jack, is when people are planning these guided trips, they're planning them with specific goals in mind. Like I have some friends right now that are in, um, let's say, where are they? In Israel. And they're doing a very religious, spiritual-based experience. And that's the goal of that trip is to see these places. I know people who go on foodie trips, and their goal is to experience food in different places. So... What other kind of trips are you seeing like that that are planned around a specific experience or interest? Well, I see all sorts of trips, and this isn't something that I'd be interested in because I don't do yoga, but I do see a lot of like yoga retreat type of things like in Costa Rica and 
where it's, you know, you go and, and the food's all planned because it's all healthy, whatever. It's like a detox situation. None of that sounds interesting to me, by the way. I want my toxins and I want my high intensity <laughs> exercise. And you may not take them away from me because you took me to Costa Rica. But um, yeah, so those kinds of trips where they're meditation, they have meditation planned. Another thing I don't do. And yeah, so I just named a whole trip that I would I like never to take vacations sometimes that I have to come home and re- recover from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I usually plan. I actually usually usually plan a recovery day when I come back from travel like that because it takes I think that's me important. a hot minute to just readjust to, okay, what do we need to do? We need to unpack. We need to do laundry. We need to, you know, just get your mind wrapped around um, the life that you let you left for that period of time. Because everything's going to be stacked up. The mail's going to be stacked up. You know, there's going to be things that need to be handled to get back. I think that's a great tip not to be, but I don't think you should allow yourself more than really a day. I think you need to hit the ground running or you you struggle to readapt. I know in my business, especially those of us, like the three of us that are self-employed, if you don't have some things in place, you'll lay around for a week unpacking. When you know you've got a deadline and you've allowed yourself some margin, you know when go time is. And I think that's important. Um, mm. Any other trips you you want to talk about, Christina? Mm, I just think that, you know, women need to get out there and just just go for it. You know, like Jack was saying, if you don't have a significant other that wants to go, find some good girlfriends to vet out and go and, you know, maybe find a purpose trip that you could go on, something that aligns with what you're doing in this next season of your life. Like, I just think it's, life is too short to just sit on the sidelines, you know? And so there are so many beautiful places in the U.S. There's so many beautiful places outside the U.S. I really love the Oregon coast. That's one of my favorite mm-hmm. places to go to. It's so beautiful. All the beaches are different. And, you know, just just go and do it. Like I said, there's so many different places in the U.S. So if some people are like, I don't want to go out of the country. Well, find a, f- find a place here that really excites you. Maybe history, maybe food, maybe um, music, maybe dancing, whatever it is, yoga, an exercise get up, you know, whatever it is, just go and do it and don't sit on the sidelines. Life is too short. It's too short. So that's my. And I'm going to encourage people to explore different transportation options because when we were in Texas, one of the things we did one time is we took the train from Fort Worth to San Antonio. And that was so cool just because we've never done it. Um, Where I live, you don't take train places. And I know that, you know, when you get up there in Portland and Seattle, that's one of the best things to do is fly into one of them and take the train to the other and fly back out. So don't always look into flying in and flying out. Look at triangular type trips. I mean, sometimes you'll get a little bit of charge on your flights, sometimes not. Um, and think of how you can combine things. Like we're going to be going on a cruise, hopefully. Um, and we added on a day in Miami just because I'd not spent time in Miami. I'd flown out of Miami a couple times, but I'd not just spent a day touring around, eating some foods, seeing the architecture. And I love doing that. And like Christian said, learning a little bit about those people and that culture and the way you live in that town. Yeah. And I really think Girlfriend, for my son. Do you, do you, like, do you like Cuban food? Love I love Cuban do. food. Can't wait. Okay. There's a restaurant in Miami called Versailles. 
get your little butt to Versailles. It is get my butt to Versailles. I, it, can you tell people okay. know I me am, when they I ask me a, about the restaurants? A, yeah, I'm a Cuban, and I'm telling you right now, that's Versailles the, real deal. Is the place. Okay, well, we're excited that's about the, it, and I just feel like, like my son who's turning twenty, that travel has enriched his life. And I feel like he is more open to different cultures and different types of people than someone who has stayed in the same place all their life. We laugh because by the time he was 10 years old, he could have boarded a plane by himself. He knows how to do things, but he also has a different um, patience for other people, for different foods. He's willing to try things. He's not particular about, I can't sleep this way or that way. And so I think travel is an amazing benefit to people and their growth. Um, whether you're children or adults. Um, a couple other things I want to mention, though, that's really big with the women's set is glamping, and I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, you're nay on the glamping. No, thanks. Christina? Uh, is that where you go? Is that where you go sleep outside, but you bring everything you own? No, no. glamping is where you get to sleep in a, this big tent thing, but they'll have like a real bed in there. It's glamorous camping yeah. is where the term comes from. So, oh, I would do that. I would do that. Like, I've been to Africa. I've spent a fair amount of time in Africa, and I went on a safari on a very poor budget. I would definitely go back and do. I think what you're talking about on a safari, yes. yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, it's yeah. not Where on the, the ground. The day, I'm underneath this tent with white, real linens, and there's a yes. lion drinking water. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I don't that? know that we're going to sure. have any lions in the southeast, but I know here it's pretty big. <laughs> also, treehouse cottages are treehouse big here. Treehouse cottages. That's we what I did that do. for a weekend. Oh, that was very fun. That's, that's what I want to um, do. I did. I did that in Ecuador. I did that in Ecuador in Quito. And that's there not expensive. Like, um, yeah, RVs are a big rage. No. You don't have to own one. You can rent them if you don't know that. And you just try it out. Them. Yep. And I'm good. There's all different sizes now. We're looking at the one called a fifth wheel. We would love that. The one that looks like a little bubble. Um, but there's all these options, guys. And I really, and a lot of them you can try out before you invest. Like you can rent an RV for a weekend. You can, you can try glamping somewhere local to you. Decide if you want to commit to a week. And I know for us, like our trip to Puerto Rico was a precursor to our trip to Costa Rica to see how we liked it, see if it, how everyone was going to do. So you can do these small things because the last thing you want to do is invest in an eight or nine, 10 day vacation to some exotic location and get there. And it's not your thing. You don't do well. You don't tolerate the heat, the food, the whatever. So you can build up to a lot of these things. So I want to talk about really quickly as we close up some of our best budget tips. And my first one, is vacay local, vacay at home, but it doesn't have to be your home. Like I had a friend who moved to a lake and built this amazing lake house. And I'm not even going to joke to y'all. Last year, I just invited myself. I said, when are we coming to the lake, Beth? Martha and I want to come visit you. And she's like, well, I would love that. And she just hadn't thought of it. And she truly had built a home for entertaining. Her kids are gone. She has this big, beautiful two-level home. And she had all the toys, you know, the jazz keys, the boats, the dock. She absolutely loved having us be there. She's a wonderful host, but I did have to kind of invite ourselves and I'm not above that. So <laughs> I'm going to say, if you want to go somewhere and your girlfriend lives there, say, Hey, would you be up to me coming for a visit? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Have y'all done that? Y'all seen, but if you could see their faces, listeners. <laughs> A hundred percent. My sister and okay, her wife good. own a, con a condo in North Myrtle Beach. 
And, you know, at the beginning before they got the full rental gear going, right, the full, right. There, there were often times where it wasn't being used. And I'd get on the phone. I'm like, is your condo being used? And she'd be like, no. I'm like, okay, can I go? If I, if I clean it, can I? And so I would just make use of, like, absolutely. You know what's better than owning your own vacation property? It's your friend. Your sister, owns owning, your yeah. sister owning a vacation property. <laughs> We was a lovely. We just spent really one night with our friend, but just driving over to a lake in the mountains and getting together with some girlfriends. And we cooked dinner. We cooked a couple meals in. We went out to the Aaron Lake. It was a mini vacation, and it cost us nothing. Christina, what you got? Um, I would say I like all inclusives. That's my thing. Is if you're going to travel, travel with all inclusives because everything is there. And if you're a little nervous to go outside of your norm, it's it's all there. So you don't have to worry about it. And it's a good price. So I love an all-inclusive. That's me. That's my tip. Well, and I'm going to say, if budget is really an issue, we have done budgets. I mean, we've done trips where we did cook. I, it's not my favorite. I'd rather work a little bit harder and sell some more stuff and be able to go out to dinner. But mm-hmm. there's times in my life that we had to do the cooking in the hotel room. We had to go during the off season. We had to short, cut the trip short and make it, you know, three days instead of five. What about you, Jack? Budget travel tips. Yes. Um, budget travel trips. Well, I guess for me, it's like, what's, what do I value? So I like for this uh, Portugal thing, I'm looking at Airbnbs that are really reasonable. I mean, like under a hundred bucks a night. So that's not where I'm spending my money, right? And it's clean and it's safe, but you can find, you have to figure out what's important to you. Like I would rather spend the money on, you know, a Michelin star restaurant experience or a live music event than spend it on the Airbnb. As long as the Airbnb is clean and the bed's comfortable and there's a shower, I don't need it to be like a luxury high-end situation. So one of the things with budget is, you know, write down all of the things that you have to spend money on and then kind of identify which of those buckets are the things that you prefer to spend more money on and which ones are you okay spending less money on because you can't have it all, right? So, I mean, if you can, that's that's great. great More power to you. Like but, we've been on a trip where it was more important to be at the ocean than to eat out. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, when if I go to the beach, I want beachfront and I want to see the ocean from Man. that house. And I will make dinner in that house every single night if I have to. Yeah. But that's that's for that, the, the location for the beach. The that's location right. is far more important to me than food. But if I go to someplace like Paris or Lisbon or something, I care less about where I'm staying because I'm not going to spend that go. much time huh. there. Right, because it's what what I w- I'd rather use my resources to gain think more about that. I think that's another big tip. How much time are you going to be spending in this room? Like my family, we're big Disney World freaks, but we never pop for the high end Disney properties. We do want to be on property, but we're good over there at the All Star Music, All Star Sports, because we get the Disney experience. But we we literally poop and shower in that room. The rest of the time, we are in a park or at right? a pool somewhere. And so that's a really Di- good point. I know, I, I know it's not cool to like Disney World, but I love Disney World, but I grew up in I Florida. I don't care if it's not so cool. I'm down Disney for it. World, <laughs> Disney World makes me feel so good inside. Because if you say I'm not cool for liking Disney World, then we're probably not friends. You can just keep it moving. <laughs> no, I love, Dis- I love I'm a Disney, Disney World, freak. too. I said I know it's not cool. 
cool to love Disney World, but oh, I no, love I think it's cool. Well. We're cool, Jack. We're cool. <laughs> I don't care what those other people say. My brother is a Disney hater. Like, he will never go again. He has like, it my family. Y'all, even my yeah. children who are not always nice, when we get to Disney World, something comes over them, and they're the most wonderful children. They don't complain. They don't cry. They just do the thing. So Disney has a lot of great memories for our family. But I want to talk about the last thing is look at where you can go in a day. Because I know there's a lot of times like we live in a coastal state and we're about three, three and a half hours from the beach. And a lot of times we will get up in the morning at get out of the house by eight, seven thirty eight. We'll drive to the beach and be there by lunch, stay on the beach till about five. They have these great little changing areas at our local beaches. We slip on some clothes. We shower off a little bit. And we either go into Charleston and eat on the way back, Mount Pleasant, or we call our favorite restaurant and get pickup and eat it in the car on the way home. And we're home by 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And we have this deal. And the reason it works for us, my husband's a morning person and I'm a night person. So he drives us there and I drive us home. But, you know, hotel rooms in the height of summer are $200 a night for the courtyard, you know, for low ends even. And so we couldn't do that all the time. But we can make, we'll say, let's make a run. Let's make a run. And we'll just make a run to the beach. So be flexible and think about, don't always think about the way it normally looks. Think about how it could look. And people look at us all the time. You're driving all the way there and back. We're like, heck yeah, we love it that much. Eat a sub sandwich, get some shrimp. We're back. We didn't have to pack. Didn't have to pay for a hotel. So I'm just going to encourage you to think outside the box and think about what's really important to you, what you really love to do. Well, ladies, this has been a great conversation, and I could talk about travel all day. We appreciate you coming here, Jack, and sharing about your upcoming trip, and there's more to come in these kind of trips from Cool Life, right? Absolutely. We have plenty more in the pipeline. We just want to make sure, we just want, we want to make sure we're doing it right, right? We want to make sure we're doing it right by our- I can sign up for your newsletter and know all that's going on with Cool Life. I'm one of the contributors there. We'd love to have you. There's so many great contributors there on anything involving midlife. So make sure and check that out. K-U-E-L-L-I-F-E dot com. And Christina, I'm going to be seeing you soon. You come to South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Come and I'll just hope I get a negative COVID test and can get on a cruise ship soon. So, <laughs> Well, you, thanks you our listeners. I, I, have, I have faith. I have faith that you're going on that cruise. My, my gut tells me you're going to be fine. Okay, good. Because I'm really, I haven't put anything in the suitcase yet because I'm getting really nervous. So, well, ladies, it's the end of our time. We've gone over as usual. What's new around midlife, but Christina, what do I always say? Until next time, go and get your moxie on. Bye everyone. Bye. Bye.